Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Spartan Combat. They're our title sponsor here on the Wrestling Change My Life podcast, and it would mean the world to me if you would check out SpartanCombat.com. We just released the website. It's a whole new design, bunch of new gear on there. Check it out, SpartanCombat.com. I'll give you a long story short. When I was coaching, when I was watching guys coach, Al Kitty was a, a good coach at uh, Madeira High School. And he walked into the gym one time. I'll never forget it. McLean High School, he's walking in with his team. And I knew they were the best team. I wasn't coaching then yet. And I looked at him, I said, you know, someday I'm going to have a team like that. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I spent wrestling. If they gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Welcome back to the show, folks. It's Wrestling Changed My Life, presented by Spartan Combat. This is Ryan Warner, your host. My guest today is the godfather of Central California Wrestling, Dennis DeLito. He was the head coach at Fresno State from 1981 through 2005, producing 27 All-Americans during that time numerous conference championships, and the great Stephen Abbas, who was a three-time national champ, Olympic silver medalist under Coach Delito's watch. I love this conversation. It's a lot of fun. Fan of the week goes to my man, Brandon Kane. That's at Brandon M. Kane on Twitter, a correspondent for the Blackhawks. Go Chicago, baby. Thanks for listening. As always, folks, if you enjoy this episode, please support our sponsor, SpartanCombat.com. Now let's get to the interview with the Godfather, Dennis Delito. Peace, Coach Dennis Delito, legend from the Central Valley. Welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. How did you get the job at Clovis? Actually, for, uh, at Clovis, I a student taught there. And I kind of got in Eddie Davies, one of the great friends of mine, who's a great, great wrestler friend of the state. He passed away, by the way. Uh, he, uh, I kind of got to know Ed, kind of got to know the people. And I wanted to be the wrestling coach. And I didn't even know why I could be that wrestling coach. I had never done any coaching. And uh, the job came up because Ed decided to leave. First, long story short, they hired me in world culture. I taught world culture at Clovis High. My first year I taught, not taught, coached football. 
and I, you know, I just scoped the rest of the room and I was helping at City College then. After about a uh, half a semester into January, uh, I knew Ed was gonna leave and I told my principal, you know, I can't teach this world culture. I don't even know what I'm doing. You know, <laughs> I'm not prepared. I don't know what world culture stands for, but anyway, long story short, Eddie decided to take off. He went to, uh, to uh, overseas to teach and he had an all PE head wrestling job opening. And I, I went in, I knew who was the principal, turned out to be one of my lifelong friends, uh, interviewed me for the job. And somehow I, I heard at Clovis, you go in there and toot your own horn. And so he asked me, you know, who's the best coach in the Valley? I said, it's gotta be me. I said, other than me who, and I was just completely full of bull because I never coached what <laughs> I wasn't me. But uh, I tooted my own horn. Luckily, in those days, he closed. I wasn't a big time job then, like it is now, you know. Uh, and I got the job. And first year there, 71, 72, you know, we had some, some a good year, good year for, you know, being at the bottom. We weren't at the bottom, but we were definitely not at the top. Then 72, 73. They had the first state tournament in 73 and I had the best team in the state without a question. We got second. And then we won it three years in a row after that. And then Clovis, you know, we were pretty much on the map after that. It would have been poetic justice for us to win the first one ever because uh, the Clovis school should, will win the last one if there's going to be such a thing. It looks like this year there's a, such a thing, but I don't know. How, how was there never a state tournament in California up to that time? I don't know, you know, the Northern Cal, they used to call that the state. And, uh, you know, I, I guess these, in fact, if you look at the brackets in 73, they're like red, they're in pencil. And, you know, when, in those days, we didn't know who we were going to wrestle. I didn't know, you know, who the guy from the South was, the North. And, you know, I had 73, I'll tell you how it's different. In 73, we lost by maybe two points. And if my guy would have won in the finals, we would have won it. Well, my guy in the finals was two years undefeated, in, in, but not the first year because yeah. it was no state tournament then. He wrestled a guy he had beaten in the state finals. He lost in referees overtime. Oh. If he would have won, we would have won the state tournament. But, uh, you know, it was, it was in the following year, 74, uh, 73, I'm rambling here. 73, we had a second, a third, and a fifth, and we got second. Now you got to have 10 guys in the finals to win it. You know? <laughs> 74, I had three champions and a fourth. 75, I had three thirds and a fourth. 76, I had three seconds and a fourth. You can't win it nowadays. You're about eighth, ninth in that category now, but score was different. You know, it was double, it wasn't double elimination like these young guys think. You got beat in those days, you better get beat by a good guy because you were out of the tournament. So and so what before that time you would just wrestle to like your conference and the season ended at the conference championship? Like when you were in high we school. We had what you call the Valley Tournament. We'd have a league in the Valley. The Valley was considered a big, a big deal in those days. A real big deal, you know. Uh, that was as far, as far as you could go. In fact, uh, I think I got pinned twice in the Valley. I qualified for it. Got pinned <laughs> twice. It was a, it was a tough tournament for those days. 
And the cool thing about your area, you know, the, the Valley as it's known uh, to folks outside of California. And there's a famous tournament now called the Doc B. But I learned that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Buchanan was the one who initiated wrestling in that area at all the schools. Is that right? Dr. Buchanan was uh, very instrumental in uh, Eddie Davies, the guy I replaced, started an elementary school thing going. And uh, by the time I was a coach there, you know, they had had a few, uh, they had like maybe a year or two of elementary. No, not even a year or two. They had some elementary school wrestling when I had left Clovis quite, quite a bit. In fact, I remember making a comment. I said, you know, at this level, whoever flops the right way will win. And boy, the elementary school coaches went nuts. <laughs> they were mad at me for months and months because I, I said, well, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't know you guys were coaching. I thought you, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on there, especially PR. But uh, Dr. Buchanan had a vision. In fact, we went to the five counties tournament, which is a big tournament in those days. Fountain Valley, did you ever hear that one? Probably not. You're too young. It, it, I've heard of it because that's where Imar had wrestled in, it, and that's one of the big tournaments that he. Yeah, it's, had... it's the five counties it was called, and we went there, and those big, there was big uh, water polo clocks at Matt's side. Those were the clocks they used in the days. When we go back to Clovis, Doc bought a clock for every school in the district, and bought one for Clovis High. You know, he was real into wrestling. I got him to get those beams, lower the lights, and stuff. Which really poetic justice is Doc now a school named after him is Buchanan. And I don't think anybody will touch Buchanan for quite a while because, you know, they've uh, what is mounted, these kids just transfer. Yeah. It's not like it used to be, you know. You're not going to win it with two or three guys. You're not going to win it with your own guys. You got to get people from out of the area. It's just different. It, it, the, the wrestling my day, we went to the state tournament. We had no clue who was going to win the tournament. You know, in 76, they thought Fred Clovis would win it because we'd won it two years in a row. But you didn't know who was going to win the tournament. Now, I can tell you right now, Buchanan's going to win the state tournament this year. Yeah. Don't. The gym's going to have to have an earthquake. Yeah, but poetic justice stopped Buchanan's school's named after him. So I think it's, you know, a tribute to him is really good. That it's cool that he he started that and you know put wrestling at all those schools and oh yeah he he loved wrestling. In fact, he was up there one time. He was up there showing my he got my assistant coach and throw him down on the ground. He says, "I want you to teach this turkey bar." He called it. He put an arm bar and a half on my assistant coach. And he split his pants right down the stage. <laughs> right on the stage. This is the superintendent of schools. You know, pretty big wig for doing that. But yeah, he was into it. He went to all our matches. Now, when you were when you were in your run at Clovis and rattling off some state titles, what was your dream for like the future of your of your life and your career? Like, what what did you have planned? Well, I'll give you a long story short. When I was coaching, when I was watching guys coach, Al Kitty was a a good coach at uh, Madera High School, and he walked into the gym one time. I'll never forget it. McLean High School. He's walking in with his team. And I knew they were the best team. I wasn't coaching then yet. And I looked at him, I said, you know, someday I'm going to have a team like that. And <laughs> I just set my goals for something like that. And in fact, when you go down the freeway on 99, there's a Clovis High sign says Clovis. And I set my sides to saying, you know, when they drive to the freeway, they're going to have that Clovis 
They're going to know something about wrestling. That means something about wrestling. That was in 72, 73, 74. So I set my sights for that. For Fresno State, I had no clue. 1981, I was kind of, uh, it was 10 years into my uh, tenure at Clovis High. And, you know, I was, uh, we got third in the state. We had a pretty good year. Uh, but the, the AD at Fresno State came out to me, uh, Rush Sloan, and said, uh, would you like the Fresno State job? I said, what do you, what do you mean, get the Fresno State? You would ever have to apply? You know, this is back for affirmative action and everything, I guess. And I said, sure. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, but, you know, I just kind of got the job and kind of learned my way through college coaching. You know, nobody taught me what to do. I didn't know how to recruit. I just kind of self-taught myself and uh, we got some pretty good luck. You know, we had some good teams. In fact, we had real good, consistent teams. Uh, I always prided myself at having a good team. I never thought taking two guys to the NC2A tournament and getting 10th was good. I thought taking six or seven guys, winning your conference, winning more duels than you lose, I think that's a good team. But, uh, I love that mentality because you, we've all seen a couple of teams where they might have a guy make a run or two, but the rest of the gents don't even. Arizona State, and nothing against Sean Charles, but Arizona State that one year got, what, three guys that were fifth. They get like five and ten in duels. You know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't consider that a good year. That's who I'm thinking of. That's what you read my mind. Uh, yeah, Robles and Jenkins. Uh, yeah. So when you took over in 81 at Fresno State, were you, you seem like a confident guy, but did you have any internal self-doubts of whether or not you could get, get the job done? And if so, how'd you manage those? Uh, you know, I didn't, do, I didn't know what to set my sights on because Fresno State had been, and I, the coach there was my coach at Fresno State, Francis, and no disrespect to him, but they were down, you know, they, uh, he didn't recruit and he just, you know, he's on a diamond spiral. They'd never, we'd never been real great at Fresno State anyway, but. Uh, I just, I don't know. I said, uh, I told my team first year I had job at Fresno State. I says, we were like, I believe six and 11 duels. I says, you know, none of you will replay, uh, will come back. And if you do, you won't make the team. But why is that? Because you're no good. You guys are not college wrestlers. I'm going to go out and get college wrestlers. I'm not going to have a season like that. I didn't come out here to lose. Came out here to win. And that's what I'm used to doing. So I went out and got in those days, the California JCs were pretty darn tough. Yeah, loaded. I got, bunch, I got a bunch of JC kids and blended a bunch of guys in. We were like 13 and five or something dual. So we we turned it around quick. And uh, I don't think we had, but maybe one, I think I had one eight and nine season. And the rest were, you know, we won more duels and lost. So uh, were you D1 or D2 then? Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Buchanan uh, was very, very into winning too. In fact, I'm rambling here, but in 73, uh, we, were, we were wrestling Madeira and they were a big rivalry. And we we're, you know, uh, no, that's, I take that back. We were in 72 and I wasn't coached yet. We we're at Madeira and I told the coach there, I says, you know, when I come in this gym, things are going to be different. He says, what do you mean? I said, we ain't going to lose these guys. We're going to beat them. Two years later, we're in the Madeira gym and we'd beaten everybody. And Doc asked my assistant coach, well, who do you think should be favored to win the state tournament? And of course, my assistant coach says, well, we should be. I says, a lot. 
You don't tell Dr. Buchanan that. He's going to hang us with that. We got second. <laughs> 73. And Doc says, I thought you guys were going to win it. <laughs> Let me live that down. 74, I only qualified four for the state. And we won it. And Doc didn't go. I said, I told you you should have went. Man. So Doc was a big influence. But uh, Fred Estate, in those days, you know, my budget was 300000 I raised all the money for team travel, out-of-state travel. You know, if Oklahoma State came in to wrestle us, we'd give them a guarantee. My booster group would pay for it. I got a booster group right away when I drove to Utah. You know, the halfway point was Vegas, seven hours and another six hours. It was nightmares. So I said, I'm going to get a booster group so we can fly to some of this stuff. But that's when we raised money for all the extras. I never asked for them to stay for extra money. I, I knew that, you know, wrestling was a little bit too shaky to ask for anything, but what they gave me. And so you come in, you do some recruiting. Now, was Cal State Bakersfield, um, when Joe C was there, were they just were they just on fire in the Central Central Valley at that time, knowing that they had Joe C and all those national champs? Yeah, he had good teams. Uh, back when one of my first duels, I beat Joe C at South High. Really? So, yeah, I beat him. Close High beat him. Joe would always deny that, but he's dead now, so he can't. <laughs> He's a very, very one of my closest friends, by the way. I'm just really, uh, yeah. Joe and I did all sorts of things together, went to the Olympics together, everything. Uh, but uh, Joe, I can't remember, he wasn't the coach when I no, he wasn't the coach at Cal State Biggest when I got the job. So, but he was at uh, Oklahoma State, but uh, Cal State Biggest, yeah, they were tough. They were tough. They always been consistently kind of like I've always tried my team to be always consistently tough yeah i get tired of hearing say we're having a down year i don't like having down years that puts me too far down i take this too serious so how do you what's some of your uh some of your coaching philosophy so to speak if is it just the the optimism and the attitude and then coupling it with the work or how would you describe your approach this will drive a lot of coaches crazy you know i i think coaches get too hung up on technique I said, the best technique is get the best guys. That's the best technique you can find, you know, and that's what I did. I tried to get the best guys. And and I didn't go out, and I wasn't having the luxury of recruiting guys that are going to win the NC2As. I used to try to recruit guys I thought I could make all Americans. Mm-hmm. And we had good luck at that. And, uh, you know, I don't know what my wrestlers would say about what I did, you know. I just tried to get as tough, get as – you know, ready to go seven minutes, eight, it's probably nine minutes in those days. I don't even remember. But, uh, you know, just be tough and be competitive and things will happen, you know. You don't have to be the greatest wrestler in the world. My best wrestlers were never my best wrestlers. Mm. I mean, my technicians never had the best win-loss record. Maybe Stephen Abbas was, and Jerry Abbas might be exceptions to those rules. But other than that, you know, my best guys were just grinders. And... Man, we're going to talk about some of those guys. You just mentioned two of them, Jerry and, Jerry and Stephen Abbas. And you know, I was looking at Dwayne Zinkin, your nephew. Man, when you get to the national tournament, I don't know what it is. You guys drew more Iowa guys than I've ever seen. And you've probably had more ulcers from watching your guys battle those Iowa guys. Let's start, let's start with this one, though. Jerry Abbas' sophomore year against McAravia in the finals. What do you remember about that match. Is that one still haunt you? 
Yeah, it, 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 was, it was a total, total nightmare. It was so loud in that gym. It, you know, in those days, you know, I, I had Jerry's brother sitting next to me that you can't do that anymore. You know, I just said, Jerry, you deserve to sit with me. Stephen or the older one? Uh, Greg. Okay. Yes, his last name's Gasco. He, uh, he was sitting next to me at the end of the first round. I turned over to him. I says, tell Jerry to slow down. You know, Jerry's going out there trying to tech back O'Reilly. And uh, <laughs> I, as it turned out, it didn't happen. But he, uh, you know, Jerry was thinking about teching him. But that match was so loud. I got up and tried to ask what the riding time was. I couldn't see it. And they all booed me and stuff. And he got some, he was in and on a single leg. He got worn for stall. And I mean, <laughs> They got they got wrapped up in the crowd. I think from that day on, I said referees should wear earplugs because they let the crowd influence them too much. But you know, end of what sixteen fifteen, I think. But that's one that got away from him. And Jerry's senior year, you know, uh, Freed was awful good. Jerry couldn't beat him. He never could beat him the next year. But his senior year, he drew one of the uh, uh, brothers. <laughs> I'm blanking out on their names. The two kids at Penn State. Uh, Martin? No. Jeez. You better think of it all and go crazy. Anyway, Jerry threw his dislocated his shoulder against the BYU match a month or two ahead of time, and his shoulder was shot. But we shot it. Uh, his mother, not his mother, his sister was a nurse. I could probably get fired for saying this story. But she shot him full of Novocaine, not Novocaine, cortisone before each match. But when he got to the finals, I think something took a toll on him because he just wasn't right. If you see Jerry wrestle and you look at that match, you say something's fishy right from the start, you know, because he just didn't look right. Not taking anything away from that other kid, but uh, Jerry just wasn't on. It just wasn't meant to be for him to win that thing. How did how did the Abbases or not Abbases, but how did Jerry get to Fresno State in the first place? Jerry was at uh, Oakland Tech. I was, at, I was at the state tournament and I watched him wrestle. Uh, I can't remember the kid's name. He ended up going to Cal Poly. Uh, I like Jerry. Look, Jerry looked pretty darn good. You know, he didn't win the state. He was second, but I just kind of like my nephew Stephen Duaney. He said, that guy's pretty good, Uncle. You know, he was his, I think he was the same age as Jerry or a year behind or before. But uh, anyway, I started recruiting him and he was good in freestyle. So I, you know, we, in those days, we go from uh, July to the, not July, from March to July to the Junior Nationals. That's the only thing there was. There was local tournaments. There'd be a, there'd be a freestyle tournament at Bullard High or at Roosevelt High. And the Open Division had, big turnouts. Now you don't see that anymore. That's all changed. But I liked what Jerry, you know, he looked like and I liked him and I, I recruited him. I used to call him at lunchtime and have the, the lady in attendance go find him. And I talked to him at lunchtime. I recruited him hard, real hard. Cause I thought he, he liked the attention. And, uh, and I knew, I knew he was going to get me a lot of attention if I got him. <laughs> in fact, at the junior nationals, Nobody had even heard of him, and he won the junior nationals. And they go, "Where'd you? How'd you find that guy?" That guy's pretty good. I told you guys. Wow. <laughs> you don't find him, yeah. What 
you know, the Abbas is for, you know, I grew up in the Midwest and really, you know, in 2004, I was at the Olympic trials, huge fan of Steven Abbas. And, you know, as I learned more about wrestling, realized that Jerry had come first and, you know, he had an incredible collegiate career, three-time finalist, lost to some of the best wrestlers ever, and, uh, you know, Mac Arabian Freed and, and, of course, Hughes. But Hughes, Hughes. Hughes. What, what was he like as a, as a person, as a competitor, Jerry? Jerry? Jerry, he's just a different breed. He, I don't think he got nervous like I did. I used to be a nervous wreck before his matches. Both those abbesses, they're a different breed. I mean, I'm convinced these... Elite athletes are just a different lead. Uh, he, he just never got nervous. He's always ready to go and always performed up to his best. You know, very seldom did he not perform up to his best. He gave it a good shot every time. What were their parents like? You know, his, I never, to this day, I don't even know what his dad looks like. I never met him, but the mother was supportive. She uh, actually lived in one of my rental houses after, <laughs> after they had graduated so did Stephen, really. Uh, nice lady, you know, but, you know, I didn't know. They didn't get involved. They never came down on the mat and yelled at me or anything, you know. It was just, you know, supportive. It's not like it is today where the mob's no, taking them all over the country. They were just self-driven, self-motivated guys? Yeah, freestylers. In fact, I always tell the story. When I coached at Clovis High from 71 to 70, 81, I never had parents on me. Parents in those days didn't think they knew anything about wrestling. So what are they going to do? Come down and tell me I'm teaching single leg wrong? They didn't even know what single leg was. <laughs> These guys nowadays, it's a little different. These parents all think they know what's going on. Well, my parents didn't know what's going on, so I never had any heat from them. It's just, it's so fun to hear how, how times have changed. And so... No, it's changed. Believe me, it's changed. Now... What I'm doing then, now, that's for sure. The other match I want a couple matches we're going to cover. The other match I wanted to hit on though, uh, Dwayne Zinkin, his senior year, he's in the blood round. And for folks who don't know Dwayne, he is a, a big time manager and promoter in uh, for some of the top fighters in the world, Cormier, Askren. Um, for folks who don't know a little bit about Dwayne, what kind of wrestler was he? And, and tell us a little bit about him. Dwayne, he was. Uh, out of all the three Zinkins, he was the best technician. He was very good technician. And, you know, he was really good. In fact, he had a pretty tough weight class this year. You know, he ended up wrestling Ironside for fifth, six. I'd say that was a pretty tough weight. And he beat him. Yeah, he beat him. What happened in that one? Well, I'll tell you one thing he told me. A week later, he says, I'm still tired from that match. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he just out-wrestled him, and I think Einstein won it twice after that, or I can't remember. He won it yeah. one more time. But uh, he had a great run, and he lost. He got beat by, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, kid from Oregon State. Gutches? No, uh, that's a big guy. Mohammed, Mohammed, Mohammedy. Yeah. Finals, and he got beat by him, another guy that uh, – that might have been his junior year. He got beat by him two years in a row. Did he? Yeah. I, I'm getting, I get my years confused. But anyway, he he had a tough wrestle back. He ended up in a consolation semis having St. John. And uh, he beat St. John in the finals of Vegas, but he got nipped there. And then he wrestled hard for fifth. I told both my nephews, they both got, and I kind of think this can't be true, but they say it is. They both got 50 NC2s and they both have the same record. 
like 118 and 12 or 10 or whatever it was. Wow. That's pretty true, but but they were, you know, both Harold and him both were good. Nick was real good too, but Nick had asthma bad and great high school wrestler, but that other, that next minute in college just, you know, he just, he couldn't breathe in the third round. It was a real rough on him. And what's Dwayne doing now with, with his, his business? Is he still promoting and managing? Yeah. Yeah. He's still, in fact, I just saw him the other day saying, I can't believe that sport's still flourishing. I said, I don't even like to watch it unless your guys are fighting. They got 10 prelims, 14 women's bouts. By the time you get to the, you know, the main event, it's 1230, <laughs> but, you know, but the fans are still, well, there's no fans now, but they're still packing them in for, you know, pay for you and stuff. So it's still real popular. They love it. It's fighters. Yeah. He had Cormier and, uh, Askren. He's got Askren. He had, uh, he had some other guy. Oh, I got, uh, uh, what's his name? Kane Velasquez, who was real good. Yeah. Clean got injuries and took his toll on him, but he had some real good ones. He still does. He still has guys. It's awesome to see all those wrestlers fighting out of that hub out there. And I just had no idea that they were all related to you. You're like the, the godfather of the central Valley. <laughs> yeah. My nephews and I, you know, I was, you know, I knew it was never, I just got married five years ago. So I, I was single all my life. So my nephews were like my kids and I took them, you know, went with them or took them to a lot of tournaments. And, you know, we flew to Oregon and we flew all over the kids wrestling. It was, it was a great time. They were big into it as high schoolers and kids. Oh yeah. Their dad was into it. Their dad's, dad's still into it. In fact, we're trying to get him more into it. We're trying to get Fred state wrestling back. We got to get that thing back, man. We're going to talk about that. Let's let's hit on, one of your favorite topics to talk about the great Stephen Abbott, Stephen Avis, one of the best ever do it. Also one of the most unique styles I've ever seen. Was there any doubt that you guys would get him at Fresno state being as good as he was? Well, you know, Jerry, like I said, Jerry's very optimistic and, and I don't even know if these are true, but I'm almost sure I told Jerry, I don't want him going on any recruiting trips. And I think I enforced it, but you know, I'm getting all this. I forget, maybe I'm exaggerating. So I think I told him no recruiting trips, none of all oh, coach, you'll be here for sure. I said, I've heard that from everybody and they leave. I said, you don't want Stephen leaving. We don't want him leaving. So don't go to any recruiting trips. I don't think he went to any recruiting trips, but you know, I had, I went to junior nationals and, you know, took him to dinner or whatever was legal. I can't even remember what was legal or not illegal, but we, uh, you know, I got a pretty good bond with Stephen. I still do. Stephen's very close. Him and I are very close. Um, you know, he, in fact, I bought a house and put him in it and I made him partners with me. So, you know, uh, pretty good deal for Stephen. Not so good for me. But, <laughs> you know, he, he earned everything. He gave me many, many years of joy. But Stephen was a unique guy. Now, here's the guy who never got nervous. He just get excited and and just perform. I mean, he just perform. <laughs> he never seldom, he might've had maybe three matches where it was shaky. You know, other than that, uh, in the ones that he lost, uh, his two, he lost uh, twice to, what's the name from Jurgens. Jurgens, And then he lost to Tigmore. 
in Guerrero. I think that was his, he only lost the national champs. And that was it. So, he, you know, he was phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, just, just, it, he could do everything. He could get off the bottom, he could ride. You know, both Abbasses were in the semifinals and one won the flip and one lost the flip. Jerry won the flip, thank goodness, because he could ride anybody. He got away and got one. Stephen lost the flip against Igor and had to ride him out to win and ride him out to win. So I was just oh. watching that match. So just for folks who don't know, Stephen Abbas's freshman year, uh, he lost to Jurgens and lost to Jurgens in the placing match. I'd still love to see that because you know I grew up where Jurgens is from. He's a, a legend, no doubt, but I'd love to see that match because it I I just can't imagine it going down like that two losses for Steven in the same weekend probably hasn't happened since that time. And then his sophomore year, he's in the finals of the nationals against Teague Moore from Okie state. Teague Moore's a defending champ. And like you said, it went to the deepest of overtimes, but first he was in the semifinals. Yeah. Semifinals. Yeah. And it was in regulation. It was one-to-one with 30 seconds left. Steven hits a, a snap down goes behind I can't even believe that Teague Moore got out of that. It seemed like a very odd scramble to me to even send it to overtime. No, it was Stephen. The Americans don't do it. Stephen had an overhook. He had he did an overhook throw by. You probably don't. Even I know thought it was is. on the wrist. I couldn't even tell. Yeah, Russians do an overhook. So I I used to call you still Stevens hit your out of a Jean. That was an overhook throw by. He put. Teague were right on his nose. Was ahead three to one. He let Teague reverse him. Go overtime. He could have let him go. Went overtime. And then the so. scramble in overtime. He was Stephen was in deep again, and Teague was scrambling him, and and then Stephen almost gave up a rever- you know a takedown in overtime. But then it goes to the OT, and he rides him out. It's like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, it was it was a nile biter. It was, and then he beats he wrestles Jeremy Hunter. You know, in the final, Stephen wrestled Penn State, Iowa, Iowa. I mean, he didn't draw easy schools no. ever, you know. And we were in Penn State. We are at Penn State. So Jeremy's, uh, Jeremy Hunter had a home crowd. We were in Iowa for Strip Matter. The only one that wasn't Iowa was uh, the one in New York. Yeah, and that's – for uh, that's uh, Man, I just, I'm just thinking back to all these matches. So, you know, again, Stephen – his freshman year he loses to Iowa twice. And then he, he gets on his run and he's one of the best ever. Um, he takes an Olympic red shirt, almost beats Aiken to make the Olympic trial finals. Um, but then let's fast forward to his senior year against strip matter. How many times did they wrestle that year? Twice. He, be, he wrestled him at Clovis high. It was really neat. We used to wrestle Doc Buchanan tournament used to wrestle before it started at noon. And we'd have we'd be packed them in there. We wrestled Iowa, and Stephen. We flipped the coin. I think we flipped the coin on the rotation. It so happened Stephen was the last match, and boy, he put a beating on uh, Strip Matter. <laughs> I mean, a big he tacked him. No, I think, yeah, I think he tacked wow. him. Well, if he tacked him, it was real close. To so you guys were dueling yeah. Iowa the Friday before the Doc B started. Yeah, the, the same Friday, day. Not the. the the dog beat. So yes, the gym's did. already freaking packed. Californians everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. We had great crowds, and it was it was. A, but Stevens Senior, when he wrestled Strip Matter, and I'm not taking anything away from Strip Matter. Stephen was really sick, really sick. In fact, 
I told Steve when we went to the NC tours, I said, don't tell anybody on the team you don't feel good. Don't tell anybody that you don't feel good. Because these Hawkeyes get a wind of that. And if you wrestle strip matter, he's going to be chasing around for the minute to go, you know. <laughs> and if you watch the match, Steven took charge about last round and he was ahead like four or five points. He got taken down right at the end. That's not Steven getting taken down. He ended up winning 15, 13, but it was a much different deal. But he didn't feel good. But he felt good. But that's the champion in him. He didn't feel good, but he felt good enough. So you're saying he was, so earlier in the year, he texted him or damn near text him. And then at the national finals, again, at Carver Hawkeye, you guys can't get a break wrestling at Carver and the NCAA finals. And yeah. And that was a, that was a big year because that's the first year that Minnesota beat Iowa. So Iowa was out as team champs. Minnesota was in and, you know, they had Jurgens at the weight above and then strip matter going against Avis and it, you know, came down to the wire, but, um, I didn't realize he was that sick until talking to you last week about it and really what went on behind the scenes. Yeah, he was sick. Back was funny as we were going home. He says, Coach, could you stop and get me some, I think Pepto Bismol or something? I said, What do you think? I'll stop and get you the store. We just <laughs> won the Nationals again. So, was, was he a guy who, when he came into practice, was he all business? Was he still loose? I mean, how did he, how did he get so good? I guess is an easier way to ask. Well, you know, before Stephen came to Fresno State, he knew nothing about wrestling. He learned everything from me, every move. That's how he got so good. Jerry, Jerry had primed him and uh, got the same mindset, too. Uh, I don't even know how Stephen wrestled hard in the room. His freshman year, he took a licking until about January. Then I knew, hey, this kid's going to be... Really, oh, I knew before that, but I knew he's really going to be something special when he started putting a beating on the seniors, you know, in his weight. And I had some pretty good kids. I had Robbie Sorda, who was pretty darn good, and some good kids, Nick, thinking, you know, those guys were no chumps. And Steve, you know, he was giving them all they want. I said, you know, I didn't have too many freshmen, true freshmen, yeah. that could do stuff like that. Man, and then he he goes on to to make the Olympics in 2004, what do you remember about that Olympic experience for Steven? Well, it was a heck of a run. And, uh, you know, he had beaten that Russian in New York at the Worlds the year before. But uh, Steven tweaked his knee in the first round of that match. But that guy's stuff, you know. But he wrestled, uh, I think, his second match, a guy from Moldova that beat him in, the, in New York. He beat the guy, the Cuban, got wretched for the last few seconds, who's a world champ. And uh, then he beat the uh, guy from, I think it was Korea or Japan in the, not, yeah, it was Korea in the semis. But, you know, I knew the guy, you know, I've gone to every Olympics in 72, every summer. Yeah. Except 80. Well, we didn't. I went to all of them. So I knew, you know, medal matches in the Russians kind of went together. They didn't lose very many, especially the gold medal match. I went, this is not going to be a picnic, that's for sure. You know, I got we got a Russian. But, you know, he tweaked his knee a little bit, and yeah, he got second. It was awful good. And that guy went on the next year, the next Olympics, beat the defending champ, Quintana, and won the Olympics again at a higher weight. So, I heard you snuck backstage got, at Athens. What's that story? Yeah, yeah. I, to this day, I don't know. I got back there. I just bullied my way in because I knew he was hurt and I knew mentally he needed to talk. And, uh, you know, us coaches overestimate our talks and stuff, but I feel like he needed to talk. And, uh, 
you know, I told him how proud I was of him and I knew he'd tweak his knee a little bit, but uh, I'll tell you one thing about Stephen. He, he, his goals, and this is not, uh, maybe I should, I'll just use a fictitious name. This guy was a three-time NC2A champ. And he told me one time, he says, I wouldn't want to be like him. I said, what do you mean? He says, he lost like six matches in college. I went, won three NC2A titles. He thought it was a disgraceful performance. That's how he thought of things. He thought a little different. Us, one match the last one, he, he, he went up and wrestled Guerrero in 33s when he waited 25s. I don't think he lost a match for two years after that. So he he told you one time, looking at a three-timer, he's like, that guy's, that's disgraceful because he lost six matches. Yeah, he says, I would want to be like that. I said, what do you mean? He says, he, he lost five or six matches, oh, coach. Jeez, I wish all my guys <laughs> just lose five or six matches. Last thing on Stephen Avis, were you surprised that he that he didn't go back into it after 04, like this with the same um, and maybe I, I just don't remember, but was he wrestling 05, 06, 07 leading up to 08? Or did he kind of come back last minute? I think he came back. He was wrestling, but he was getting beat up. You know, he wrestled Sakudo and nothing against him, but Steve is knee. He can barely walk. We're in the back in the warm up room and he can, can't even walk. I said, You shouldn't wrestle. So I'll get on the stationary bike, it'll loosen up. I said, You can't even walk. That wasn't Steven in eight. You know, that wasn't him. Uh, you know, if it was him, my my precious self says he would have made our Olympic team because, you know, Steven, he's the greatest finisher I've ever coached. You know, that guy, he get in on a leg and you could almost bet money he was going to finish. Now we're talking about the purest technical geniuses of, of maybe all time in Steven Avis. What about this guy, though, Coach? One of the biggest specimens I've ever seen, Lorenzo Neal. How in the hell did you convince him to come out for the wrestling team? He was Fresno State's leading rusher and would go on to be an NFL vet. But what, when that guy walks in the wrestling room, are you just, like, scared of what he's going to do next? He's so big. Well, I recruited him, and he went to, he went to Arizona on a recruiting trip and he was going to go to Arizona. But he was a Prop 48 in those days. They wouldn't let Prop 48s go. I said, What's that? Good. We're at state. We're at the state freestyle tournament. I'm sitting next to Lorenzo's dad. Lorenzo wins the state freestyle tournament. Lorenzo was terrible wrestling. He never did anything but just pure ass my blood and guts. His dad looks over. He says, "You think my boy can wrestle for you?" I say, yeah, "I think so. <laughs> I think he'll be just fine." In fact, at the end of his sophomore year, the football coach. Now, I might be embellishing this story, but I think it's true. The football coach hinted that he didn't want Lorenzo to wrestle. And Lorenzo's dad got wind of that. And when he got wind of it, the wind went out of the football coach's sails because Lorenzo was either going to transfer or wrestle. And Lorenzo wrestled. His dad, his dad took a motorhome back to the Nationals. His dad loved wrestling. Wow. I mean, for the, you know, this is a podcast, so only listening. So, what kind of physical specimen did Lorenzo Neal look like? Oh. <laughs> Lorenzo's arms are a lot bigger than my legs. <laughs> he was, uh, we're, we're at the WAC tournament. And uh, I believe it was his senior year. I can't remember for sure. And I go, where's Lorenzo? He knows he has to weigh in. I don't know, coach. Go find him. You know where he's at? 
He's in lifting weights. <laughs> the doctor, yeah. oh. He want to miss a workout. So, Pretty dedicated weightlifter. Did anyone like when he went to when I was reading about his career when he went to Arizona, like you were saying, and he ended up going to Fresno State. I don't think anyone would have predicted how good of a football player he'd become. I mean, he was the leading rusher in Fresno State history. Yeah, he was. He was great. He, he was just a. <laughs> My friend uh, Jim Fugman, who they was the principal and uh, ex-football coaches, I watched that guy in the North-South game. That guy is unbelievable football player. You know, I said, "Geez, I hope he's not too good. He's not wrestling." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Lorenzo. I can't remember. Really lucky. My oldest nephew Harold was him and uh, Lorenzo were buddies. I mean, they slept on trips together. I mean, that sounds wrong. Yeah, I know. You know you shared rooms. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just close, close friends. And I don't know if Harold ever had to talk him into it, but Lorenzo was always out for the team. But, you know, he come into senior right, in like February. He was 7-0 and going to the Nationals. He hadn't had a lot of matches. And you know how wrestling's condition is. It's, it's not the same as, you know, football. You're not in shape for football. So that's cool. He still, I didn't, I thought he maybe just wrestled his senior year, but he wrestled all of them, huh? His sophomore year, he didn't, he wrestled a little bit, a little bit more than normal. His junior, he wrestled, was his junior, he got, I can't remember what year he was in All-American. I think it was his senior year. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what I yeah. had here. 92 was he his. Should have been the top four. Should have been top four. He lost to a guy at Lehigh in overtime in the semi consulate uh, quarters. And, uh, he should have beat him, but uh, he just ended up, he wrestles a four-time All-American for seventh, eighth. Kid from uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, nice kid. I just saw him at Josie's uh, memorial a couple of years ago, but, you know, he had a pretty tough weight. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> he ended up, what, 12 and three or something, or not even 12, 10 and three or something. I mean, just, he didn't have a whole lot of matches. And he went on to have an incredible NFL career. I heard he might be even going into the NFL Hall of Fame potentially. Um, I don't know why not. He was like a nine-time Pro Bowler, and uh, I guarantee you, those linebackers, I could see them saying, "Hell, boy, we don't want no part of that guy." <laughs> I he played hard. Every play played hard. Would he still? Uh, would he still call us little people in the wrestling world? Even when he was in the NFL, was he still still a, a good supporter of the program? And oh yeah, Lorenzo's. Just a, Lorenzo, another guy, he calls me uncle, like my nephews do. Yeah, Lorenzo's good people. Love it. Real people. Let's, let's wind down the final 10 minutes with this, Coach. You were involved in a hellacious battle to bring back Fresno State Wrestling. Talk us through the first time you heard it was being dropped. Where were you and what happened? Well, they did the same thing they did this time. They ambushed us in the first time they approved the wrestling budget on Thursday and dropped it on a Friday. So they didn't want anybody to know because they knew we had boosters and clout. We could, you know, we could get after it, but they, they dropped it before we had a chance to fight it. So from that day on, I said, you know, I'll be dead before I give up fighting back to get Fresno State wrestling back. I went to like every athletic corp meeting I had, I did so many things I can't even tell you. It cost me probably $30,000 myself. 
I'd go to student senate meetings. I'd pay guys to go to student senate meetings because, you know, wrestlers don't know how to go unless you bribe them. <laughs> so I'd, uh, go there and, you know, uh, vote or whatever we did. And uh, I'd go talk at Kiwanis clubs. I, I did so many things. I don't even remember what it was, but it was, you know, I did a lot of things. But the real key was Pete Mias, the guy I told you about, was hired me at Clovis High. Ten years later, is in charge of the hiring committee at Fresno State for the new president. Mm. And I, Pete and I were good friends. I said, you know who you're going to hire, don't you? She said, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling guy who got slight wrestling. So no, no. I said, a guy who's going to reinstate wrestling, not just like wrestling. We got to get him to reinstate. Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't bug me. I'll do my best. Well, I think Castro. <laughs> I think Castro. One of his main items to get hired was saying he's going to bring back wrestling anyway we talked to you know coach you're a popular man i apologize for keeping you here no no there's got more calls in this 45 minutes than anyone i've ever had on you're the godfather for a reason yeah (laughs) they're all pain in the butts um so wait so it got dropped and it was 10 years until it was reinstated yeah we kept going this new aid this new ad's wouldn't buy in Welly, the old president, I met with him one time. Tried, I met with the two big muck bucks, Bud Richter, who just died, had a lot of money, and Pete Mias. We couldn't talk him into it. And finally, when we got this new uh, president, which, you know, Welly went that long, he should have been gone long ago. He's such a dork. Um, <laughs> we got uh, the new president, and Mias evidently did some good salesmanship. And he brought back wrestling. It took us a year when he was back a year to get it going, you know. And uh, he was so gung-ho for it. I thought, you know, this is here forever. I never, ever thought they'd drop wrestling from the state again. Was, I said, I'll be dead and gone before it's even thought of. And the AD, I don't know. I don't think he's a wrestling guy. Uh, I think he thought of his crunch time financially, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of ways they could have done it. We're going to show them ways of doing it. So are you committed to the to the rebattle again here, World War II, to get this thing back? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've already, I've been doing pledges. I've been getting money pledged for, uh, we want to throw a figure at them, you know, and say, hey, we got X amount of money raised. We want to be considered to be in a self, self-fund this thing, you know? And they'll say, Title IX, we'll say, we got to figure it out. We'll bring back women's wrestling with it. You know, so people don't understand that Fredo State doesn't have a brain in their head. They drop wrestling. They've dropped a thousand, two thousand more football people, maybe more. Every time they drop a sport, people don't understand why they drop two men's sports and a women's sport. People don't understand title line. You know, why are they picking on the men? Why do they pick on wrestling? The most, the most popular, successful sport in the San Joaquin Valley without a question, not even close, statewide, even nationwide. And you pick on that. You could have, you know, I'm mad at Catcher. He could have found other ways of doing it. But I mean, I love him for what he did and I don't like him for what he did. Yeah. I mean, you, you've said this in a number of press releases, 26,000 Californians wrestle in high school. And now there's I don't even want to shudder to think maybe there's four or five programs now, whereas it used to be 
the JCs alone, there was 30, 40 of them. Now there's maybe, you know, 2018. So when I wrestled in junior colleges, there's 84 junior colleges. Unbelievable. Just Cal State Bakersfield, Cal State Fullerton, San Fernando State, Cal State uh, Long Beach, San Diego State. Those all had wrestling. Even UCLA had wrestling. UCLA. Why wouldn't they? Everybody says, well, well, why wouldn't they? It's a sport, isn't it? Yeah. You know? And you talk about this. I mean, you know, this is very important now um, is the amount of first generation college athletes or minority athletes wrestling as a lot of those on the roster. And that, that wouldn't you agree? Yes. Yes. And oh, by the way, before I forget, if you do f- happen to find there's a huge article on why they dropped wrestling from the state in yesterday's paper, you should read it. It's I will. Yeah, it's a huge one, huge one. Now, what you just ask? I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say that I was just kind of agreeing with you that wrestling has a lot of first-generation college athletes and a lot of minority athletes on the team. You know, I had more people from Selma, Dinuba. I always wanted my son to wrestle there. You know, why didn't – and then, you know, and those have a cap. And now you can't have all these kids out. People don't understand these laws, you know. They don't understand you can't have – what do you mean a cap? My kid's just going to walk on. He's not going to cause anything. Why can't he wrestle? Yeah. Well, we have a cap too, you know. It's just, it's just some of the things they do to these sports is just should be, they should put a cap on football coaches' salaries, what they should put a cap on <laughs> college athletics. Or the amount of assistant ADs they have anymore. It's like unbelievable yeah. to see that. Yeah. How many, they've dropped 11 sports at Stanford. How many associate ADs did they drop? You know, should about about 40 for them. You hear anything about them? How are they doing? I don't know. I just, I, uh, I was, I think they're still fighting the good fight. I mean, I, I was going to ask you the same about, about your, uh, former school, because what really irks me about the Fresno state situ- situation is that you hire a 10 out of the 10 and coach Steiner, you bring on, I mean, what was your reaction to the, to Steiner being hired? Oh, we, we were for it, you know? My nephew and I talked to him like uh, a summer before, and, uh, you know, we thought he's the right choice. And, uh, you know, he, he had good assistance. By the way, that strip thing, that got exonerated. Nobody's going to put it in the paper. The coaches had no involvement in that, the NC2A rule. But mm-hmm. you think they put a retract on that, but they won't. But he had good assistance, and he had a very good budget, first-class budget. Uh, but that's but the school. Why did the school tell us we would have cut back? I would have told Star, hey, you got to cut back on your budget. Yeah, you know, start saving money. Some way before you just blindside us again. You know, it's just it's not even it's not even it's so disheartening for them to do it again that way. I, I can't tell you. It just eats my inners up. Mm. Well, and it also hurts because the attendance, from what I read, was was up. Um... And that fans are showing up in the Central Valley. So, as yeah, was, you know, people are, you know, I get a little bit tired. They say, well, the attendance was down. The attendance is down in football, not wrestling. The attendance in football is down below 20,000 people. They shouldn't even be uh, considered Division One, mm-hmm. you know, they, but they took a, they used that as an excuse. You know, wrestling's not supposed to make money, you know, those sports. Right. State doesn't make money in wrestling. They don't make money. They might break even or close to it, but they don't make money. So that's that's not our duty. That's the millionaires' uh, jobs to do. The football coaches. 
Right. Well, we will continue to support in whatever way we can the wrestling community who listens to this show. It is, uh, it, it does, I can't imagine for someone like you who is so invested on a 10 year battle than to have it thrown in your face again like that. It must be, uh, it must be really tough to stomach, but you know, whatever we can do, um, I assume financial contributions, writing, uh, is there anything else listeners of the show can do, or is it mostly boots yeah, on the ground? I mean, just, you know, just tell them to go to the friend of, save friend of state wrestling. We have a website where they can pledge money. Pledging money is a little different. You know, you pledge it, and if we do get it back, then you send the money. You don't have to send the money up front. So, you know, it, it makes a better situation. Perfect. Coach Delito, thank you very much for your time, sir. I'm I'm grateful that you were fending off all those calls. Probably your, uh, your landlord mafia you got going on over there that was calling you. But uh, it's been fun to talk wrestling, man. It's a real honor to have you on, sir. Hey, thanks, and I really enjoyed it. That's it for this episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. As always, thank you to our sponsor, Spartan Combat. They're hosting a national tournament in Jacksonville, Florida, May 20th through the 23rd. You can register now at SpartanCombat.com. To watch the video interview of this episode, go to Wrestling Changed My Life on YouTube. You can also see the clips on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestling Changed My Life. That's it, folks. We'll see you next time.